Kinsey Presno, and this is Kindle and Kerosene, a podcast where I share stories and strategies to inspire, encourage, and challenge you to ignite your life. Whether you need a spark to get started or fuel to keep going, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hello, and how are you today? It is Kinsey Presnell, and I hope that your day is off to a great start. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day and hanging out with me. You know, I'm super excited for this episode because it really marks a landmark for this podcast. Today's episode is episode number 50, like 5050 of Kindle and Kerosene. And it might not sound like a big deal for you, but this one really is a big deal for me. See, I have watched so many people start a podcast only to stop it after just a few episodes. So when I took this on, whatever, almost a year ago now, which is even crazier, I really wanted to commit to 50 episodes. Like, Kenzie, you just get to 50. Because I knew that would force me to be consistent and to find my groove. You know, it's like it if this is something that you're not used to, and at the time I was kind of used to writing writing up something weekly just to challenge thinking or, you know, delve into mindset or food or exercise, whatever it was. But I wasn't so used to the pressure of like having to have a topic every week and then actually recording it and broadcasting it out to who knows who's listening, right? So I wanted to give myself time to find my groove. And then I told myself, you know, if it's not something that I'm enjoying, I can step away at that point. But what I didn't want is like a lack of consistency or the fact that it was hard. I didn't want that to keep me from pressing on. And honestly, you know, I've really have thought many times like, you know, I really don't have to do this. I don't know how many people I'm even reaching or like, am I even reaching anyone? You know, can I spend my time doing something more productive and on and on and on? Like these questions came up and up and up. But the entire time, that 50th episode commitment, right, that I made was in the back of my head. So I just kind of kept going. And, you know, I am so very thankful that I did. Uh, This has been definitely something that I think I've learned a lot about myself through. And more than what I'm learning or enjoying, I hope that you guys are just as thankful as I am. But, you know, really your reviews and your comments and your shares and your messages, they just mean the world to me. So I just want to say thank you for that. But I am super excited for today's episode. Uh, I am answering your questions. So I appreciate those of you that sent me a question, whether it was Instagram or you text me or email, whatever it was. I'm excited and I guess maybe a little bit nervous because I have your questions and I really don't have a 100% scripted answer, so I'm praying I can stay on track pretty well here, but you know, this episode is very different from my normal routine. Normally, I have an outline and I can just kind of follow my outline and and add in pieces here and there, but today it's just kind of off the cuff, so here we go. We're just going to jump right in. The first question that I had was, how do you stay consistent? And I think that's something that, I mean, I've been asked over and over and over. And I think really a lot of people are just missing. Consistency is one of the most important things when it comes to change. Like it is vital, honestly, if you want to change. So I think with staying consistent, I'm 
you've heard me say it a million times if you've listened to this podcast for at least, you know, even 10 of the episodes. I've probably mentioned it in every single one. I would say start small. Start small. So when I'm trying something or I want to be more consistent with something, I take one small thing, one small choice, right? I have to throw in some discipline because you it takes discipline at the beginning. It's not a habit at the beginning. It takes discipline. So you have to understand like you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to be consistent with this one thing. No, it takes some discipline. You've got to actually make the choice to do what you said you're going to do. But I take that one small choice. It doesn't really feel like a big deal. I commit to being disciplined and I just continue on with that one thing until it doesn't feel like a big deal anymore, right? It's like putting like 1% of your paycheck into savings. You know, a lot of um, people recommend like, hey, just just take 1%. Like you're not going to miss 1%, right? It's super easy and it doesn't feel like a huge deal, right? But if you just commit to being disciplined for the short term, right? And you set yourself up, like maybe you make it even easier for you. If you're talking about the 1% from the paycheck, maybe you just take it out automatically and it never comes into your checking account. It just goes straight to the, uh, to the savings account. So right now you've already set up, set yourself up for success because you've taken a step to make it easier, right? You've taken a step to make this one little commitment, right? It almost even takes a little bit of discipline out of it because you don't even have to make the choice anymore. It does it for you. But, you know, obviously food, you can't force it down your mouth, but I think you just have to find something so small, like that 1% of your paycheck. You know, maybe it's just one swap at breakfast. Maybe it's just one swap of what you drink. You know, maybe it's just committing to 10 minutes of stretching four days a week. You something super, super small, right? You commit to being disciplined for the short term. And what happens is all of a sudden you gain confidence and you gain momentum, right? Going back to my paycheck, soon that 1%, you know, you turn it into 3% and then it turns into 5%. But what happens is you didn't go from zero to five, right? When you're, you're taking money out of your paycheck, you didn't do that. You slowly adjust over time. And that's what happens with, with food and with working out. You don't go all in on day one. That is the fastest way to fail. That is the fastest way to fail. I watch people all the time. They take it they take what they've been doing, which, you know, may or may not be a disaster. Maybe it's decent. Maybe it's not, but they change like even 50% of what they're doing. Now, all of a sudden, they've given up, you know, all of these things that they're used to eating. Uh, They're giving up sugar. They've given up alcohol. They've given up grains. They've given up uh, soda. They've given up dessert. All of these things like overnight, which, okay, maybe you can do it for a little while. But chances of you staying consistent forever are very slim because you never gave yourself time to build momentum, to gain confidence, and to be consistent when it doesn't feel like a big deal. So I think everyone, you know, is looking for an easy out here, right? I think people are just like, well, I don't understand. I just, it shouldn't be that hard, you know, but consistency I'm not going to say that it's easy. I think people want it to be easy, but it's really not. Not in the beginning. It takes work and it takes disciplines. But again, this is where you absolutely have to understand. And I don't want you to miss this because it is the fastest way, like I said, to set yourself up for, 
up for failure. You have to understand small efforts done consistently will beat a big effort done every once in a while. Hands down, every single time. Small efforts done consistently, even though they don't seem like a big deal, will beat a big effort done every once in a while. Right? That's because you begin to build on those small changes and now you're already used to being consistent in that area. So it's not hard anymore. It's not like I gave up all my favorite foods and I'm going to do it for, you know, 30 days. And by day 14, you're like, this freaking sucks. Like, I hate this. I don't like what I'm doing, right? If you don't like what you're doing, you're never going to be consistent with it. So I would just say the biggest key to becoming consistent in whatever area that you want to change would be to start small and then build from there. Um, All right, next question was, when eating out or needing to grab something quick, what do you suggest? So I'll start with eating out. If I'm in a restaurant, I'm almost always going to go for the meat plus veggie option. Uh, Every single restaurant has it. Sometimes I'll do chicken. Sometimes I'll go with a steak. Honestly, if I'm in a restaurant, I don't really order a salad very often unless it's something that like I can't duplicate at home, like the beet salad at Union Public House. I love it and I will order it every single time that I'm there because it's like one of my favorite things. But honestly, like if I'm just in like a regular restaurant, I'm probably going to avoid the salad because most of the time I'm better off with my meat and my veggie because the salad probably has like some candied nuts, something fried, loads of dressing, and probably like those little cranberry things that are full of sugar. Um, So I just, again, stick with the meat and veggie option. It's easy. Uh, And then the whole salad thing, I'm just really not that big of a salad fan anyway. So that I think that's a myth that we all uh, need to break is you don't have to eat a salad at every meal to be healthy, right? You can eat uh, meat and a veggie and be good too. Um, but if I'm on the go, I can never really go wrong with Publix. Uh, it's our local grocery store. I typically, I love their gluten-free wraps. I just do like an online easy order so you can just order it online. I order always double meat just because otherwise I'm never full, I feel like. And then I just pack it down with as many veggies as possible. Like, it's amazing how they wrap their wraps. I cannot duplicate it at home because, man, they've got spinach in there. They've got peppers in there. They've got uh, pickles. They've got tomatoes. They've got cucumbers. They've got all the good things wrapped up with some meat and cheese. So really just an easy thing for me um, as far as Publix and grabbing something on the go. Uh, speaking of Publix, too, they also carry Boar's Head Power Bowls. And I think most grocery stores honestly carry some kind of bowl option now. Uh, so the Boar's Head Power Bowl is super good. It has usually like kale or some kind of uh, lettuce with some quinoa, some sweet potatoes, chicken. Uh, it comes with a dressing. Sometimes I use the dressing. Sometimes I'm not. I don't. If I'm home, I typically will have like a Sir Kensington's or a Primal Ranch or a Primal Kitchen dressing. So I'll just use that instead. But um, Publix is a winner for me. I also like bowls from Moe's. Obviously, I don't need to snack down on all the chips that they give you. But uh, as far as the burrito bowls there, you can get it uh, with the romaine as the base of the bowl. You don't have to just do the rice. You can do a base of romaine. And then I just kind of go light on rice and beans. But then I can pack it down with as many veggies as they have. They have the grilled peppers, onions, and mushrooms. They've got um, regular lettuce, tomatoes, all kind of good stuff. So that one works well for me. You don't have to put the dressing on it. You can just put the salsa and it works uh, really good. Panda Express is also okay for me. 
I usually stick to like a grilled chicken and get the sauce on the side with veggies there because uh, their sauces definitely don't go with like the honey shrimp or whatever it is. I did taste that one time and it was really amazing, but it was probably like an inch of breading and a minimal shrimp with tons of sugar. So their sauces are lo loaded with sugar, so I kind of avoid those, but their grilled chicken and veggies is pretty decent. And then uh, a little bit of rice works well for me too. Uh, rice doesn't seem to bother me. Um, reality though, honestly, we rarely cook at home. So I, we cook one meal for the kids on Sunday that they eat for like three days. And then, uh, Josh's mom actually takes them to dinner one day a week. And then we kind of eat out on Fridays, but we use Primal Nosh, which is a local meal delivery service here. It comes prepackaged. So I order seven Primal Nosh meals for me. We get seven extra protein Primal Nosh meals for Josh. And that's pretty much what we eat for lunch and dinner most days because it is so easy. I know it's healthy. Um, I order her Primal version. Sometimes I'll go with the classic clean depending what it is. But um, the Primal, I know there's going to be meat, veggies, and probably some kind of starch in the form of rice or sweet potato but I pop it in the microwave for two and a half minutes. I add a little bit of seasoning and it's done. So you really can't get easier or quicker than that. And so I would say really 80% of the time that is my go-to for all meals, regardless if I needed it to be quick and easy, just because it is easy and I don't, I don't love cooking. So, um, next one still on food here. Do you have any tips on healthy breakfast and snacks for kids? Mainly breakfast. Um, okay. So I used to have much better control over what my kids ate for breakfast. When they were little, it was super easy because they never like, you know, they just ate what I gave them. And so it was always pretty good. And so I'd usually scramble some eggs and fruit for them, maybe give them a piece of like Dave's killer bread toast and all was good. And so things have changed a little bit. Uh, they're at home a little bit more by themselves. They're kind of getting breakfast ready for themselves most mornings. And so I don't, well, A, they're not ever going to, you know, scramble an egg and then I'd have to clean the pan because they won't do it right. So it needs to be a little bit more of a grab and go option these days. And um, smoothies, I would say, are really good for breakfast in our house. I do a really, really basic smoothie for them that they absolutely love. I just pour in some milk, chocolate protein powder. I put a scoop of collagen powder in there. I put a frozen banana or one and a half, depending on how big of a smoothie I'm making. A scoop of Justin's peanut butter and two handfuls of spinach. I throw it in the Ninja, blend it up. They absolutely love it. They beg for it if I have time to make it. Usually, it doesn't take but like three seconds to make. However, it's just washing the blender and all that. So if I have time for that, I will make them a smoothie. And that is a big winner in my house all the time. Plus, they're getting veggies, which they probably don't get enough of anymore. Uh, so this smoothie is definitely a winner. And what else? They also liked uh, like the baked oatmeal muffins. So the baked oatmeal recipes from Daddy O's Kitchen are really, really good. Uh, Samantha brings them to the gym on Saturdays usually. But they're so easy and I can make them on Sunday. Uh, you can put them in like a like a nine by nine baking dish or whatever, but I actually just put them in muffin tins. It makes 12 and there's not a ton of sugar in them. They fill them up pretty well and they can just pop them in the microwave very easy or just eat them cold. So uh, the blog that those recipes are on, it's called Daddy-O's Kitchen. And there's, I don't know, 1 million types of baked oatmeal on there to choose from. But um, other than that, they also like plain Greek yogurt. 
and I don't buy the flavored Greek yogurt very often. I usually just buy plain and full fat for them. So that way the, the ones that have the fruit already in it typically have a boatload of sugar in them. So I'll just go plain and then we add our own fruit. I let them put some honey in it. They usually, uh, Paisley likes granola, Blaze doesn't so much. So sometimes they go granola and then I'll usually let them throw like a little bit of uh, Enjoy Life dark chocolate chips in there and they think it's kind of a treat. So that works really well, super fast. They can make it themselves. And then um, I will say we do keep some Jimmy Dean Egg White Delights in the freezer for days where, you know, they just don't want anything or they just need a change. They aren't perfect by any means, but they aren't that terrible either. And at least it's not a bowl of sugary cereal that's going to leave them hungry an hour later. So um, breakfast, super easy there. Snacks, I'll touch on real quick. Uh, Usually we just go with like a little bit of meat and cheese. I I do buy chips, so I try to get kettle cooked in olive oil, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes I just have to go with like the Simply Lays or whatever we have. Um, they love trail mix, so we'll do trail mix. And again, I'll throw like the Enjoy Life chocolate chips in there for them, but at least it's some uh, nuts and raisins. They love beef jerky. And a lot of times we'll just heat up some leftovers from you know, lunch or dinner. And they're super happy with that. Just like a small bowl, but you know, snack time is legit in our house. So sometimes it's some berries with a little bit of cheese. Sometimes they like pears with a little bit of cheese. Um, sometimes we throw some pepperoni, something super easy that I can have ready and on a plate when they get home from school, because our turnaround time is very fast from school to either, uh, Josh or I have to be at the gym or they have to be at some sort of activity. So quick on the snacks. Oh, another thing, uh, they do like bars. So just a good, like a kind bar or a Lara bar, some sort of decent bar that's not just, you know, like a nothing to it bar with 90 calories and a bunch of sugar that's not going to fill them up. So I try to make sure there's at least something good in there. But again, I stopped trying to be perfect with my kids because... it it was becoming exhausting and they're a little bit older and you know, they're into this trading thing at lunch, which will drive any parent crazy. So I just do the best I can. I try to make it quick and easy on my life. And then something that provides at least some sort of nutrition for them when it comes to breakfast or snacks. Um, next one, this one's a good one. What is your all time favorite book? And this is really hard because I really love to read and I read a lot, but I would say as far as fiction goes, It would have to be Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. That is probably my all-time favorite fiction book. Um, I also really loved The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. But uh, nonfiction, I think I would have to go with either Relentless by Tim Grover, which is just like such a, I don't know, in-your-face motivating book. Uh, And then you pair it with The Last Dance, and it's just really like that TV show on Netflix. It was just a really good combo, maybe at the time. But I love Relentless by Tim Grover. And I really also love The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Two completely different books. But The Slight Edge, I feel like, is just such an easy and practical um, way to to live your life and do the, make changes that you want to make. So it was very easy and practical for me to get my head around and then others kind of worth reading, I would say Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz is a great book. Um, you kind of got to be a little nerdy to get into that as far as mindset and things, but super awesome book. I love You're a Badass by uh, Jen Sincero, and Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins was absolutely great too. So 
there's just kind of, I know you asked for all time favorite. I gave you a lot there, but, uh, those were all worth mentioning. And I really kind of struggled to even, you know, narrow that list down because I don't know, I just love to read and my bookcases is, is exploding with books. So next one, how do you manage to disconnect from your phone? Do you have any tips to not default to mindlessly scrolling to pass or fill time? Um, if I'm going to be 100% honest here, this is something that I feel like I am constantly having to work on. I feel like the phone is just always there and it's like instead of just sitting quietly or anything else, it's just like almost we default to, you know, let me just pop on and, you know, scroll through some funny videos or whatever it is. And let's be honest, it is always a rabbit hole when we pick it up for the most part. So I will say I have looked at kind of apps and things like that from time to time. But anything that I looked at or even the screen time, lock, whatever it is, they honestly stress me out, I think, more than they help me. They give me a little bit of anxiety because sometimes I am on my phone doing some sort of work. Um, I do have to be connected for my job. So those were just, they, they didn't work for me personally. But there are some decent apps out there um, from what I've seen. I will say what works well for me, I know if I am trying to do anything productive or do anything that needs my full attention, be that work or quiet time or even family time, my phone is almost always on silent. So if you text me, you probably already know this. A lot of times it takes me a while to respond, but I really and truly try very hard to keep my phone on silent or on airplane mode. If I'm working, it's probably on airplane mode just so that I don't even happen to see it light up. But I also keep it face down and not necessarily right next to me either. So those work really well for me. I know like in the evenings when I'm sitting down on the couch with the kids and maybe we're watching a show or we're just talking or reading or something like that. I also try to keep my phone as far away from me as I possibly can because reality is, you know, if they turn something dumb on TV that they want to watch that they found on YouTube or whatever it is, and I maybe, you know, am bored with it and my phone is sitting right there, I'm probably going to pick it up and I'm going to start scrolling. So that I know myself. And so I have to be a little bit disciplined. And I think it takes discipline, honestly, to keep your phone away from you or know like, okay, this is stupid. I'm just bored. I need to find something else to do. So I keep my phone as far away from me as I can. Another thing is to just being really honest, I think, with yourself and evaluate what scrolling is kind of doing for you. I know that for me, if I'm scrolling, it's probably like uh, social media. So some kind of Instagram or Facebook or some news, whatever it is. And it really, for me, mentally, it doesn't do anything positive. I cannot think of one positive thing that it does for me. So other than a few accounts that I follow on Instagram that I use for work, most of the time, the majority of the time is spent, I would say, in more of a negative mindset. So thinking of comparison or getting angry at what I'm seeing in the world or getting upset over, you know, what somebody posted. So it's really if I'm being very honest and thinking about and reflecting on, you know, what my mindset is when I am scrolling, it's it's really not a good one and it's not very productive to my day. So I think coming to that realization and 
remembering that every time I pick up my phone helps me a lot to not just get lost in the scroll. Because let's be honest, there's a million other things that we can find to do, whether that is reading or talking, talking, right? I think we underestimate, you know, the power of just an easy, basic conversation with our spouse or our kids. So um, there's always something that we can go do. I think for me, if I want to scroll, I can think about going to clean and immediately I'll go find something else to do. So I would say be disciplined, keep it on silent, uh, try airplane mode, and always keep the phone face down. Always. Like never does it need to be face up because even if you've got it on silent, it lights up and immediately your eyes are going to be drawn to it. You've lost your focus on whatever you're doing. And it's like, we all know it. As soon as we pick it up, it's like, oh, let me just check this real quick. Um, And then one other thing, I try to keep all of my social media time on my laptop versus my phone. Uh, So as much as possible because chances of me sitting and getting lost in a scroll on my actual computer are much slimmer than if I'm just like relaxing on the couch and just scrolling on and before I know it, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes has popped by. So that is my best answer on that. I don't think I have all the answers, uh, but I would try those tips and see if they help you. Next one, and this one is really tough. Um, How do you navigate all of the different personalities of members throughout the day or class? And so... (laughs) All right, this one's going to be a little bit hard. I would say that it it really just starts, you know, all the experience in the world, it does help. It helps you learn. But at the end of the day, even if you've had like a decade of experience, something like Josh and I have been dealing with people in this capacity for a very, very long time, you have to be willing to learn people. Or it doesn't matter how long you've done this. Or actually, if you're, you're not willing to learn people, I guess you won't even be <laughs> in the in the game any longer because you will have been driven out because this is a people business this is a people service here at least that that we have but i think really the best teachers the best coaches the best trainers the best you know people in in the industry of dealing with people which at the end of the day most of us are dealing with people in some capacity have to be really great listeners. You have to be a listener. You have to really not just listen to words, but you have to be very perceptive, I think. And I think that's the biggest thing that that helps me. And I know I would say Josh is probably better at navigating all of the different personalities. Um, he's a little bit better, I think, than I am of picking up on things. But you have to be really perceptive. And What is their body language? Thankfully, we know just about every person that walks in the door pretty well. Um, Unless it's their very first day, we really try to make an effort to get to know them, get to know their personality right off the bat because everyone is so, so different. And throughout the day, throughout the class, you're dealing with just, I mean, it's a wide range from one spectrum to the other of how people respond, how people learn, um, you know, what they like, what they don't like. So I think it's really just getting to know people immediately helps us. And then just constantly watching and listening, like you can tell when someone's having a bad day because we're all carrying a lot of things that I don't think we're necessarily going to talk about when we walk into the gym, right? But when 
when I look at someone within a class, I can usually tell if we're down, if we've maybe had a rough day, if something's just a little bit off, right? So I think it's just really being perceptive, like I said. And I think we have to always make sure when we're dealing with people that we check our ego at the door, right? There are more than, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So I think we have to understand that we always need to be looking for different solutions, different ways to teach, different cues to give so that we get what we want to get done, right? So there could be, you know, this person responds better to a verbal cue. This part person responds better, you know, if I just kind of put my hands on them a little bit and, and shift them into a proper position that I want them in for, say, a deadlift. This person might do better if they watch me. You know, all of these different things and just being willing to get creative, I think, with different personalities and understanding that everybody's different and we need to, to treat them that way. We don't need to, you know, treat everybody the same when it comes to, you know, the atmosphere in here. Some people maybe like want to be cheered on. Some people hate it and they like lose their mind when you're in there cheering for them. So I think it's just realizing what works best for most PR for each different person and then just tailoring the conversation, uh, the training to best suit their needs and constantly getting creative. Man, it's a lifelong learning process in here. But I think really just always looking for any cue that a person will give you. Because if you look, they're giving you a cue all the time. And it's just whether or not we can take our mind off of ourselves and actually look at and hear or see what they're trying to tell you. So that's my best answer for that. That was a hard question. Um, next one. This one's easy. What is your favorite type of workout? 100% every minute on the minute. EMOM is my favorite all the time. Not like a 45 second work, 15 second rest type workout, but I like to have a number and I like a long EMOM. So I like a 20, 20 ish minute duration, 25 minute duration workouts are kind of my favorite. I don't really love the sprinty workouts that are over really fast. Um, also, really enjoy any kind of conditioning. So those are, are my favorite types of workouts. Uh, next one, do you have expectations in your relationships with people? If so, how do you deal with the disappointment when those expectations are not being met? And, you know, I think this is a really hard thing for most of us. And I think that expectations is something that I struggled with for a really, really long time. And I still, I still do struggle with quite a bit, uh, just depending on situations. But I find like a lot of times any kind of anger that I feel towards someone or any kind of frustration that I feel towards someone usually is due to an unmet expectation on my part. But the problem is most of the time, like I never gave that person that I'm frustrated with my expectation. You know, it was just like this silent, I want you to read my mind. This is what I think you should do. So I don't understand why you're not doing it, right? You're not living up to my expectation that I didn't even tell you about. And so that is something that I've had to come to grips with. And as far as expectations, I, you know, I have expectations for myself, but 
again, like my kids, I would have these expectations in my kids that I never mentioned, you know, and then I'd be like, why aren't you doing what I wanted you to do? And like, mom, you never said anything or, you know, really, I think in, in marriages, this is very tough uh, because we have expectations of our spouse. And a lot of times, maybe they're not meeting or exceeding them, but most of the time, I would say it's because we haven't been clear about what we want or what we expect. And I'm not saying we should be like, oh, like giving, you know, giving our spouse a list. I don't think Joshua would respond very well to that. But I think it's being very clear on, you know, what our desires are, what we want to accomplish maybe if it's a work work thing you know we're just learning you know we have our first employee here at Fix on Fitness and you know Josh and I have worked together for so long that it's very easy we know you know I know what he expects of me he he knows what I expect of him and we just don't even have to do anything it's just like done right because we've done it for so long but you know bringing Kayla on board it's very different like I have to be very clear about what I expect from her and what I want from her and I feel like the times that you know maybe I've gotten a little bit frustrated it's because I was expecting her to do something that I never told her I expected her to do right so obviously she's not doing it um so I would say expectations in relationships if you have them you need to voice them right, in a kind and nice way that has worked best for me versus just having these hidden expectations. Um, And then when people don't, you know, like live up to the expectation, I think the first question I have to ask myself is, like, did I ever let them know that that was the expectation? Because again, 99% of the time, the answer is no, at least for me. Um, But I think we have to be willing to talk about it. And listen, I am the world's worst at like talking about my feelings. I hate talking about it. I just like to bury everything and pretend it's all fine and dandy. And then I'll go journal about it later. But that doesn't really solve the problem. So I think that we have to just be willing to, again, check our ego and somehow have a constructive conversation around, you know, why we got frustrated or why we got angry because I really do believe that most of the time people aren't out to like hurt your feelings or you know make you upset or make you frustrated I think they're doing the best that they can and if you know they knew they were hurting your feelings they probably would act differently so I think just being very clear and having the conversation around you know what upset you I think that a lot of times we'll find that usually uh, it's it's a misunderstanding and we can fix it next time so um, that was my expectation thing Mm, let's see what is your favorite part about the new programming offered and what kind of impact are you seeing in members oh I love this question because this has like been one of my projects in the gym uh josh and i you know we we do a lot of the programming together but i have kind of taken on this strength track that we're offering here at the gym now and if you're not aware of what that is we are taking our traditional strength set and breaking off into three different groups so we've got our performance set that's looking for you know a very traditional you know building to heavy loads uh, they like to track their lifts usually we kind of hit the big ones so a lot of push pressing deadlifts and uh, either back squats or front squats so they're interested in moving heavy loads so it's very traditional strength track then we've got a hybrid track which really came out of 
when I hurt my shoulder. I kind of had to move to a different training style for a little while and I found that I really, really loved it. And so it's a lot of lighter loads. So I wouldn't say light because we do do still pick up some heavy loads, but it is a lot of tempo work. So a lot of time under tension. I get to program a lot of accessory movements, uh, a lot of single leg, single arm work, a lot of carries, just a lot of different things that we can't program in the more traditional, hey, we're heavy back squatting today. That's all you can do, right? So we take that 20 minutes that's dedicated to back squats. I put in some tempo work, some accessory work, some unilateral work, and then we kind of go through that. And then there's a fitness track, which has probably been the most surprising uh, of, of the three because I really didn't know what to expect when we kind of created it. So what we did with the fitness track, it is lighter loads. So they're doing the same movement, say it's back squats again for that example. Maybe they are not back squatting, maybe they're double dumbbell squatting, maybe they're goblet squatting, or maybe they are back squatting just at a really light load. But now we're gonna pair that with some sort of conditioning aspect. So for them, their 20 minutes is like a heart pounding second workout-ish, but they're just getting conditioning over and over and over. And so, um, as far as like my favorite part of that is the fact that you can now walk in the door and you can pick what you want to work on, which is really, really cool. And it is something that I haven't seen any other gym, at least in Northwest Florida doing. Um, so you can come in. I want to lift heavy. Good. We got that for you. I want to work on more of like sculpting and really stability and things like that. Okay, great. We've got something for you. And maybe you just don't ever care about moving heavy loads, but you want a really good workout. Great. We've got something for you. So I think the ability to tailor whatever the strength, you know, desire or goal is of each individual person. I love that there is something that they can pick from. And regardless of what track they pick, they're going to get an amazing workout. So I, that's my favorite part. Um, and then what are we seeing as far as members? So Performance, I think, you know, I don't, I don't think that we were surprised. Uh, we've been doing a performance style track for a long time. And the results always speak for themselves. Retest week is always fun. You know, most of the time we all increase our numbers, whatever volume that we're doing. Um, but I will say in the hybrid track, it was very interesting to to watch some of the transitions and some of the transformations that have happened. And I will say that the number one thing that I've seen from people that have stuck with the hybrid track is their movement has improved dramatically, right? So maybe we had some issues with our squat. Putting them into the hybrid track has transformed their squat, right? They're now squatting to uh, lower depths. They're performing the movement with better form. They're able to stabilize better. They're now able to move heavier loads, even on a slow tempo, right, and do it really well. So we've also seen a lot of balancing out. So a lot of people have, you know, a little bit of imbalance, especially when we're going overhead. Uh, maybe one arm's a little bit stronger than the other, so they compensate when we put them on a barbell. But when we move them to the unilateral work and we've got a dumbbell, there's really nowhere to hide, right? So we've seen a lot of improvement as far as, you know, strengthening our, our weaker sides there. And then for the fitness guys, 
man, their cardio is through the roof. It's really awesome. It's, uh, we're seeing a lot of them that have taken the fitness track, you know, maybe they're more runners or triathletes or something like that. But, you know, we've gotten a couple reports from some runners that they're running their fastest 5k times that they've ever run. Um, just overall, very people in the fitness track are just like, I don't know, their conditioning is rocking. They're doing a great job. But I think too, for for newer people or people that aren't interested in moving a barbell or aren't interested in doing anything heavy, it has become just a great option for them to get an awesome workout without having to worry about, you know, ever putting a barbell on their back or ever moving a heavy load because now I can move a light load and pair it with some cardio and you're going to get great results. So the fitness tracks and the new programming has been awesome and so fun. So I'm glad uh, that folks in the gym are, are enjoying it too. Next one, what is the name of Josh's favorite playlist? Josh, uh, he's got a couple. They're all kind of like gangster rap, I guess. Uh, Josh loves rap training strength, rap strength training radio on Pandora, I think would probably be his favorite. He, but he also really likes like Eminem radio on Pandora. He likes, Josh is a Pandora fan. He's not a fan of, uh, of Spotify or Fit Radio or any of these other, uh, things. Um, what else does he like? Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. So like old school kind of rap would be his, um, his playlist, but I would say rap strength training radio probably is always going to be a winner for him. Um, two more, two more. I'm almost done. I promise. What supplements do you take? Um, I kind of take a variety and honestly, I was not a supplement person for a really long time. Like I didn't even take a multivitamin, uh, because I just didn't really believe in them. I would buy the ones at you know, Target or GNC or whatever, and just never really noticed a difference. I will say once I started taking good supplements, I have not gone back. So I would say they've probably changed in the last year or so since kind of the pandemic. I've really upped things like vitamin D and zinc. But um, I take, let's see, I take, personally, this is my list, I take the Thorn multivitamin. So there's a day and a night. Um, and I get that. That's Ben Greenfield's company. So it's called Thorn, T-H-O-R-N-E. I take a scoop of athletic greens in the morning and I'm probably on my second month of that. I've just added it in. I really do like it. Uh, the taste I'm kind of getting used to. So I do, I do like it. I don't know that I can speak to long-term what I think about it yet because I'm only on the second month, but so far I really do. I really do like the athletic greens. I take uh, fish oil. So I take the Peori fish oil. I take a Peori vitamin D. I take, let's see, I think that's it, protein powder. I mean, I put a uh, scoop of protein and a scoop of collagen in my coffee in the morning. So I also do those from Peori. Uh, their products are just super, super clean. Their, um, their protein only has five ingredients in it. So it's by far the cleanest protein that I've found. And then um, I love beam. I take beam at night. Uh, not every night, usually not on the weekends, but during the week I take beam dream. It is a um, CBD kind of sleep thing. It's got a little bit of melatonin in it too. So it's just kind of like my nightcap, if you will. Um, 
but that's kind of a rundown. I think that's pretty much all that I take. Josh is taking the Total Human uh, vitamins right now from Aubrey Marcus or on it. Uh, those are probably my favorite vitamins. They're just a little pricey, so um, we don't take them very often. And then one more question. Uh, how is it working with your spouse? Um, I honestly don't know any different anymore. We've worked together for so long that um, I really can't imagine working without Josh. Um, I would say that we definitely complement each other. Uh, I'm good at things that he's not good at, and he's really good at things that I'm not so good at. So that works well. And, you know, I mean, we live together, we work together, we raise kids together, you know, all the things. And so I would say it, it probably took an adjustment for a little while, and it is really really hard not to take work home all the time and you know constantly be talking about things that we can do um, at work or to make the gym better so we definitely will say it's difficult to separate that out so that's something that we've had to work really hard on but um, I think it's a lot of fun we joke around a lot uh, we have a good time and um, I don't know I, I can't imagine not working with him so that would be my answer on that. But um, that was all I had. That turned in a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. But I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and listening. And um, for all just your shares and your reviews and your comments and just even those of you guys that listen that come to the gym, just, you know, saying that you enjoyed an episode, it's, it's really cool to hear. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you're local and you haven't stepped into the gym, it is time for you to step in. Uh, you can come try a week for free. We've got classes all day, every day, so we would love to see you in here. Um, and then we also did just officially open, um, I think we have two spots right now that we're doing, um, for personal training or personal training plus health coaching. That's been a really beautiful combo that's been working well for us, uh, lately with, uh, some health coaching clients. So, we did finally open that back up into a new platform that I am super excited about and that's working really well. But I hope you have an amazing day and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find me on social media at Fixed On Fitness. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Go have an awesome day.